What's up, everybody? Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast with your host, Aaron Dante, who brings you the hottest interviews with the dopest people sharing their experiences all across the world. Now, here's your host, Aaron Dante. Welcome to the No Picks After Dark podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Today, we have an amazing show for you folks. October Surprise, Part 2. Last week, we had Councilman Ryan Dorsey. This week, we have the first female mayor of Hagerstown, Maryland, Miss Emily Killer. I can't wait for you guys to listen to her story. It's an amazing story, and she's also breaking glass ceilings and just doing her thing out there. I appreciate her letting us come out to Hagerstown and interview her. We'll be right back after these messages, folks. Visit your neighborhood sanctuary and do wellness for a luxurious experience for everybody. Treat yourself and a loved one with a massage, facial, or an entire day of pampering with our deluxe spa day packages that include lunch from the restaurant next door, fire and rice. For more information on booking or purchasing gift cards, visit their website at andowellness.com or call at 443-438-4048. They look forward to welcoming you and your loved ones to their beautiful new space at Soha Union, located at 4801 Harper Road, Suite 1. Hello, 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 everyone. I hope you're having a good day. My name is Chamara E. Fleming, but you can call me Mai. And I am the host of the Purple Charm Experience podcast. I'm also a romance author and motivational blogger. And today, I want to share a fun fact with you about my first book, The Violet Rose. When I wrote my first novella, I wanted to write about two individuals that were passionate and extremely talented that eventually find love in one another. In the book, one of the characters, Jameson Nate Starks, is a musician. And as I wrote, and the story evolved, it was apparent that Nate was working on an album. So I thought it would be cool to create a playlist of music as a companion to the book. So if there were readers that wanted to hear, quote unquote, the type of music that Nate had created, this playlist was a chance to experience his world. I thought it would be an awesome addition to share the music that I created for my novella, The Violet Rose. So if you want to hear this particular soundtrack of music, Um, that I created for the book, you can always go to my page on SoundCloud, uh, The Purple Charm Experience, and listen to it. It's a beautiful soundtrack to the book. So I hope you enjoyed my little tidbit and fun fact for my book. And if you would like to pick up any of my books, The Violet Rose is available now, as well as my second book, Three's a Charm on Amazon.com, as well as BarnesandNoble.com. Also, I will be releasing my third book, Perfect Chemistry, in early 2022. If you want to find out more about me and or my books, please visit my website, www.creativecalfrey.com. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly partnered with Remix Bar & Grill. Located at 819 East Pratt Street, just north of Harbor East, Remix is a sports bar 
offering a sole food menu. With over 20 TVs, pool tables, outdoor patio seating, and private rooms, Remix is set up to be your premier downtown destination to watch all your favorite sporting events. Open from 11 a.m. until 11 p.m. Monday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 12 a.m. Friday and Saturday, and 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Sunday. Check out Remix Bar and Grill on Instagram and Facebook under at R-Y-M-K-S Baltimore for daily happy hour specials and weekly events. Remix Baltimore. Hi everyone, it's Amber Wenland, your neighborhood urban designer. I want to talk today about Atlanta. I was in Atlanta visiting Spelman College just a couple months ago and got to spend a weekend walking around the city and touring different things, just looking at stuff, which is uh, honestly one of my favorite pastimes. Um, And there's truly so many great and wonderful things about Atlanta. But one of the things that really stood out to me was the quality of the parks and open spaces that they have across the city and the investment in a project called the Beltline. So the Beltline is a multi-use trail that when it's complete will create a continuous loop around the entire city of Atlanta. This will end up connecting not only different neighborhoods across the city, but major anchor institutions uh, such as the the AUC, so Spelman, Morehouse, and Clark Atlanta. Um, And it'll connect uh, these major anchors to incredible new projects like Pont City Market, um, all the while increasing mobility for everyone throughout the city. And I bring this project up because I know Baltimore has been investing in their trail network Uh, largely as part of the Green Network Plan, which was released in 2018. And Baltimore City has been pushing forward projects like uh, Rails to Trails on the east side and the efforts to revitalize the Middle Branch waterfront. And there's truly just uh, such wonderful momentum around a lot of these projects, but there's still a really long ways to go. And I think that Baltimore could learn so much from what Atlanta has done And seeing the success of the Beltline is just such a great and unique opportunity uh, for Baltimore to capitalize on the winds of another city and think about how we could use our trails and pedestrian networks to connect major assets, to not just be biking and running trails, but to really connect neighborhoods, to connect people. At Fishnet, every plate served starts with the freshest, high-quality fish, sourced from local waters whenever possible. You get fine dining excellence delivered in a cozy, unpretentious, fast casual setting. Delicious does not even begin to describe it. Everything I've tried is made from scratch and incredible. The best fish I've ever had. Check them out for lunch or dinner at Mount Vernon Marketplace. Get caught in the fish net. You'll be glad you did. Menu and details at eatfishnet.com. Hey, I would love to give a shout out to the people who have helped me out through this process. Uh, Mr. Gary O'Neill, he is on the C-Plan Do Show. Check him out. Miss Chamira, she has amazing books that you need to check out. Also, Amber Wedland, she is an urban planner. You got to check her out. She's doing some amazing things out there. Also, I want to say Xenia Films, they've helped me out produce some films that's on YouTube right now. So check out a lot of YouTube videos that from these episodes. Also, Lunchbox, my man Paul, he's doing an amazing job. He does some of the film work for me also. And also, SV Images, check him out. He's doing my man Steve. He's doing some big things, and he's helped me in a couple different projects. So I want to give a couple people a shout out just because 
this is not all by myself. Mom, I'm getting help from a lot of amazing creators and they've been doing an amazing thing for me and helped me out. So shout out to you guys. Shout out to Sienna for helping me the, the website. Again, I might be missing out a couple people, but thank you so much for everything. We'll be right back at these messages. No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly sponsored by Open Works Baltimore. Open Works is Baltimore's largest makerspace, offering access to tools ranging from 3D printers to welders and training in how to use them. OpenWorks also offers affordable studio space, a coffee shop, and fun and free events throughout the year. But OpenWorks is more than a public workshop. It's a community of creative professionals, students, seniors, entrepreneurs, and makers of all kinds. Check out the website at www.openworksbmore.org or Instagram at open underscore works underscore be more for class schedules membership options and more welcome to the no picks after dark podcast i'm your host aaron dante today folks we have an amazing show for you you know i'm always bringing the heat to you i mean this is the end of the season of the summer you know how it is it's hot out here but we had to come a little west i-70 west we out here you know, my, my cell phone service stopped working a little bit, but it came back as soon as we got to the city. <laughs> so without further ado, we have an amazing guest, and I am, it's an honor and pleasure to have the mayor of Hagerstown on the No Picks After Dark show, Miss Emily Killer. How are you doing, Mayor Killer? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thank, you, awesome. thank you for the invite. Yes. I'm Welcome s- to Hagerstown. Oh, man. We, I mean, <laughs> we just had an amazing lunch at Bulls and Bears. Shout out to them. Yes. Is it bulls and bears, right? Yep. And, Pistachio um, salmon salad. Oh yeah, that was that, that, <laughs> that changes your life a little bit. That's some, yes. good, that's some good stuff. It's good stuff. So, thank you for having us out here. Um, you have an amazing city. Thank you. I've only been here for a short while, and I, the personality, I'm vibing. I love what's out here. I'm gonna have to make, we have to come back out here. Absolutely. Got to get absolutely. So, tell us a little bit about you. Like, <laughs> what's your what's your story, Miss Mayor? You know, got like you know. I heard some things that you are the youngest mayor ever in Hagerstown and the first female mayor. Tell us a little bit about that. I am. I am. (laughs) So I am 35 years old. I'm from Hagerstown. I graduated from South Hagerstown High School in 2004. I'm a mom. That's my most important title. I have an almost 14-year-old daughter named Layla. That means she's currently 13, so I'm accepting any prayers anyone would like to send. (laughs) I'm the owner-operator of a farmer's insurance and financial agency. And back in 2016, I kind of got interested in paying attention to local politics here in Washington County, and here I am. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I always ask every person that comes on the show, what is your favorite childhood memory growing up? Sure, I have a lot of them, but I actually ice skated when I was younger, and I got to skate in the Hagerstown Ice Rink because we have an ice rink here that opened uh, about probably 25 years ago. So growing up in the ice rink was some of my favorite childhood memories, and I lived on a dead-end street. My parents actually still live there, and we had a pretty close-knit community. So all of the, like, six kids on the block, we all still talk, and doing things with them is up there in, in uh, priority on my memories. So you know you don't have to ask the question. Go ahead. Were you uh, Team Nancy Kerrigan or Team Tanya Harden? 
<laughs> That's a tough one. Nancy Kerrigan all day, but Tanya Harding was a better skater. It's a shame she threw it away. <laughs> I had to ask the question. I had to. So um, growing up, I mean, you grew up here. This is um, like what cool things were around when you grew up here like that made you want to stay around here? So, believe it or not, I actually didn't want to. I In high school, I kind of always felt out of place. I was a little bit of a wild child, like I had tattoos, and I was 15 and shaved my head, and I dyed like the teeny bit of hair I had pink. And um, I just never felt like I really fit in here in Hagerstown. It was a lot more rural then. And so when I turned 18, I moved to Philadelphia, and I was like, I'm going to be the city girl. I was supposed to be in the city. That's where I'm supposed to be. And then two years into living in Philadelphia, I was like, I miss the mountains and the grass and the more like slow paced life. So um, I moved home and I realized very quickly I am indeed not a big city girl. <laughs> Although Hagerstown definitely is progressing uh, from where we were back then and we're becoming like a more urban type city, which is a very good change, I think. So you're more of a so. country girl then? No, I'm not that. I, I, I'm somewhere lost in between the <laughs> two, I think. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. So all right, you came back. You came back home. And what was your first gig, like job, just when you came back? Like, what, did you, what were you doing? So I worked for Citibank, actually. Uh, City used to have a really big campus here in Hagerstown. They had, like, 2,500 employees. It was one of our biggest employers here. Now, of course, with the world going more remote, they are, are kind of all working from home. But that was my first, like, thing back when I was 21. Okay. So, yeah. And now you, um, have, a, you have your other side hustle. I called everybody got hustles out here. Well, your main hustle before this, yes. uh, insurance, My correct? real job. Insurance? Yes. Okay, what made yeah. you want to get insurance? Why did you want to get into that gig? That's always a interesting how people get into that. It is, for sure. A good friend of mine actually was competing for an agency with State Farm, and he needed a salesperson, and I did sales at City, and I liked it. So he had reached out to me, and I never thought about being in insurance before, but I studied, I, I got my license, and I went to work for him. And really, insurance and banking, I think, are the two professions left where you still have face-to-face -face interaction. I mean, there's a lot of online, but there are still people who want to come in, shake hands, talk, and I'm a people person. I like communicating. So um, I had an opportunity to open my own agency, actually, with Farmers Insurance. They were just coming east, and they're a huge insurance brand, but they hadn't been in the East Coast prior to that. So I was able to bring a you know billion-dollar national brand to my hometown and my home county. I was the first one here. I got to get in and set the footprint so i just celebrated seven years in may nice nice yeah. so let's talk about 2016 yes 2016 is when you became um a new member of city council correct yes let's talk about that let's give give it because i want people to get a little background a little bit about you yeah. and why did you guys with city hall and did you ever picture yourself being in city city council absolutely not Absolutely not. Um, if you would have told me seven or eight years ago that I would be in politics, I would have told you, hell no. Am I allowed to say that? Heck yeah, you, no. You can say whatever but, uh, you want. <laughs> so, like, no way. It, it's just, I, I would have never imagined that this was the way that my life would go. Um, but my very best friend, her name was Ashley, uh, we met the first day of kindergarten. So she was very, like, literally my first friend, um, and she really struggled with a heroin addiction and had a pretty, like, intense substance use disorder for years, and I learned a lot about 
heroin addiction specifically through loving her and trying to help her. And I just watched the system fail her over and over and over again. You know, Ashley wasn't hurting anyone but herself. And anytime she would get arrested, she would have like personal use heroin, um, a needle, paraphernalia. And it was prior to the laws changing as to how they are now. Um, So she just kept getting um, 90 day jail sentences for violation of probation. And I'm sitting here screaming like she doesn't need 90 days in jail. She needs help. She, she needs treatment. She needs help. She's sick. This is a disease. And I watched heroin literally take everything from her. So at around the end of 2015, then former mayor, Bob Brucci, who is now a councilman here in the city, he came to my office and uh, he said, I'm going to run for mayor in 2016 and I'm going to win. <laughs> and he said, I need a good council. You should consider running. And my first answer was absolutely not. Like, no way do I want to be in that world. And I did start paying attention, though, as a business owner and seeing how the effects of local government really affect things locally. I mean, even more so than the national political stage that we hear so much about. And I looked around at county government, and quite frankly, it was all old white men that had been in office for a very long time. Here in in the city of Hagerstown, there was a lot of people who have been elected over and over and over again. Um, One woman, just a real lack of diversity and definitely a lack of young people involved. So I started paying attention and then Ashley unfortunately went to jail again and I just sat back and thought like how can I help her? How can I do more other than learning about substance use disorder and becoming a student of that world? And I thought you know what? No one in Washington County, as bad as our numbers are, as many heroin overdoses as we had and just as many issues as we were facing, no one in local government was really talking about it. Our health department was like screaming from the rooftops about our problem and I just didn't see any local government leaders speaking about it. So uh, she called me from jail in in January of 2016 and I said, I think I'm going to run. I think I'm going to run to try to give you a voice and to have a bigger platform to try to make change because there's so much that needs to be done in the realm of substance use. Um, So I did. I filed to run and I talked about that issue and it really resonated with our community because really at the time there wasn't a, a family that hadn't been impacted either directly or indirectly. And so thankfully in April I had to be top 10 of the candidates and I was in third so I got to move on to the primary which was on the presidential ticket in November. Um, unfortunately on June 27, 2016 Ashley died from an overdose and um, it was absolutely the worst day of my life and my daughter was eight at the time was with me when I found out and just as you know It is almost like I knew it was coming, but it doesn't make it any easier. You know, when you're watching your best friend completely destroy their life and you can't, you can't save her. I couldn't save her. And so after I like digested what had happened to her, I realized like I'm exactly where I need to be. I'm exactly where I need to be. And I always promised her that I would be loud for her. So I got like a tiger roaring tattooed on my wrist. So I always remember to be loud and thankfully Come the general election in November, I won. I was the top vote-getter. And um, that set this strange world of politics that I'm now in. So, Well, <laughs> folks, we just gave you a little appetizer right there. Uh, we'll probably hit to the main dish in a minute. So we'll be right back after these messages. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there is something different about it. 
Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, carryout, and delivery, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Harper Road, open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. Or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com, and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. And folks, we are back at the No Picks or Dark podcast with Miss Mayor, Emily Keeler. How are you? I'm great. Hey, we're I'm rocking great. and rolling right now. Absolutely. You gave us a really good story, and um, we really appreciate you telling your story. That Well, your friend, that that's... That's 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 uh, pretty deep right there, to be honest with you, you know. Thanks. And you run it on just her memory and making sure there's a voice out there for her. That's huge. That's huge. Appreciate now, that. Now the purple thing you have on your wrist, what is that? Yes. Yeah, so Washington Goes Purple. Okay. It's an organization here in Washington County. The Goes Purple movement was actually started by a sheriff in Talbot County. He did Talbot Goes Purple. And uh, while he was running for sheriff in the midst of the heroin opioid epidemic we have, he was meeting with parents and hearing, you know, they talk to their kids about alcohol, talk to their kids about cigarettes. And he would ask, do you talk to your kids about the dangers of prescription pill misuse? Mm. And we know 75 to 82% of heroin users begin with prescription pills first. And it was trending less than 15% of parents were actually having that conversation. So here we're like in the middle of the deadliest health crisis in U.S. history, which is the opioid epidemic. And we're not giving our kids the tools to make the decisions of like, hey, just because it comes from a doctor doesn't mean it's safe. Right? And just because it's prescribed to you doesn't mean it's safe for me. So he started this initiative, like an education movement. So here in Washington County, uh, me and Vicki Sterling, who is the director of behavioral health of the health department, decided to kind of follow suit, and we took it and ran with it. So Washington Goes Purple, it's an education movement specifically for our kids to talk to them about the dangers of prescription pills and other, other drugs, but also education for our community. Uh, we Narcan train and make sure people have Narcan readily available to them. We do prescription take-back events, so people are locking up their prescriptions. And something we started here, I think, is the first of its kind for sure. We do actual walking drug take-back events. So we have to have a uniformed police officer. We take a Washington Goose Purple volunteer, a uniformed police officer. A lot of times the fire department comes, and we literally go door-to-door. And we provide information about what Washington Goose Purple is, and we say, do you have any unused or unwanted medication? We want to make sure your home is safe. Um, We'll take it from you. And we have collected literally thousands of pounds of unwanted medication or unused medication that was just sitting in uh, medicine cabinets. It's really the most incredible thing I've ever done. One, if you ever want to see something comical, knock on people's doors randomly with a uniformed police officer, because <laughs> some of the responses can be quite funny. But when they hear why we're there, people are so appreciative. I mean, we've had people whose you know, husband has passed away while in hospice, and they have bags of morphine they don't know what to do with, and just random circumstances that really put you at risk. Um, so yeah, Washington Goes Purple, it's a huge education movement. And with September being recovery month, right? now we are literally going purple and we've had a ton of recovery events just saturday we had a recovery walk that close to 300 people came uh bmx olympic bmx coach tony hoffman who is in recovery uh came here from texas to speak and just a really um good positive 
you know, recovery oriented things. Cause we hear so much about the negatives of the people dying and the people struggling of, of um, all of the downside of addiction. And we really want people to know that recovery is absolutely possible. I love it. I love hearing that. Um, it was, it brings me back to, I remember I had a lot of college friends who they would um, particip- participate in Adderall. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing in college. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie to anybody. I did Adderall because I needed to do papers. That was mm-hmm. that was what it was in college. Like, yes. And now I'm thinking about all those times that <laughs> friends were selling Adderall, like five and ten milligrams, like, yes. and selling them. Now you're I'm just is getting me thinking about how crazy that is and how people get hooked real quick on that stuff. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's like legal methamphetamine almost. It's just, you know, a little safer because it's made in a lab. Right, Um, right. But for sure, I mean, people think if something is prescribed to you, it's safe for me, and it's really not the case. But you're right. I mean, Adderall is an incredible example of that. Right, wow. And then the other thing you said that was interesting to me, um, if you knock on my door with the cops, I ain't opening the door. I'm just letting you know, Miss Mayor. No, no offense, but I ain't open that damn door. And we definitely have had some people who have been like frozen solid in their doorstep, you know. But hey. I, I always start out with handing them information. That way, they can immediately see like Washington goes purple, and it's like, oh, okay. I don't even fun. care. I don't even. I don't care if I know you. I ain't open the damn door. I love, I love the police, but I ain't open the door for you. So, so let's talk about you running for mayor. Um, in 2020, give yeah. us a little background about that. I mean, you, you, you stepped, you dipped your toe in the water. I always say mm-hmm. when you did the city council, mm-hmm. then you're like, all right, I'm about to go to the mayor. Some serious stuff. That's serious. It is. So tell us about your thoughts about going from city councilwoman to now the woman, like you are the <laughs> person, like you are in ch- like all eyes are on you right now. <laughs> well, I I really struggled with the decision to run for mayor. I did. I, you know, come 2020, I had to decide if I wanted to be in politics anymore. If I did, I had to rerun for my seat on council or run for mayor. And our former mayor, uh, Mayor Brucci, and I kind of sat down and he, he told me he was going to run for council. So I, I just started watching, seeing who was filing to run for mayor and kind of contemplating it. But at the same time, I'm like, is this the right decision? Should I just stay where I'm at? I felt like I was an effective council member. So um, it, it was a big decision. But my daughter, uh, she's 13, so she was 12 at the time, knew I would be the first woman mayor. And she really kept saying, you know, mom, run for mayor, run for mayor. And I, I thought about it, and the whole reason I did this is because of, you know, substance use issues, and I thought, okay, if I'm the mayor, will I have a bigger voice and a bigger platform, and can I advocate for more change? And I knew we had some really, really good people running for council, and I thought, all right, if we can get, you know, a lot of momentum and a positive voice and some positive change in the mayor's seat and have a really good council, you know, Hagerstown can do its thing. And so... I, I said, all right, I'm giving in to Layla. I'm running for mayor. And then my daughter made me a really cool logo that had, like, my hair on the O of the, the mayor and the word mayor, and we did it. I love it. So <laughs> where were you at that moment when you heard the results that you won? Where were, like, take us through that moment. 
So I had a private event at the Art Gastro Pub, which was a restaurant downtown here, owned by my good friend uh, Ian Carey, Ian Harshman, but DJ Ian Carey, who just recently passed away. And Ian was gracious enough to close his restaurant to the public because it was COVID, and I didn't want to have you know big thing, but I wanted my friends and family and, and my daughter there. So I turned all the TVs off because I didn't want to be wrapped up in the national political extravaganza that was happening. Mm. And uh, we just had a laptop, and I had it on the Washington County Board of Elections site. And so um, we were just kind of hanging out, and I started updating the website, and I saw that results were being loaded. So I waited a second and got my daughter and refreshed it. And at that time, all the precincts weren't in, but I was ahead by a pretty significant margin that it, the writing was kind of on the wall. So I hugged her first. Um, it's funny, when I won in 2016, she was eight, and I dropped on the floor to hug her because she was very little, and I was crying, and then she told me later she didn't know if I had won or lost because <laughs> I was crying. So this time, I made sure to be specific, like I won, and it was a cool moment. My friends were there, my close friends, and my mom and dad, and um, it was it was exciting. And Councilmember uh, McIntyre, Shelley, and Councilmember Burnett, Tierra, they were next door. So we all kind of met in the middle of Potomac Street and, and had a little celebration. It was nice. Shout out to Councilwoman Shelley. We got yes. I, I got to give the shout out to her because she's the one who made this happen. So shout out to you. Um, yes. We met actually at one of my sponsor's restaurant, Maggie's Farm. And Councilwoman Shelley was like, hey you have a podcast and I was like hey I do and um she was like eavesdropping on a hustle it was a nice eavesdrop but it was cool though I'm glad she introduced herself and she told me what she's going on what's going on in Hagerstown and she said something that we're gonna get into a little bit later on but she was like did you know they call Hagerstown little Baltimore and at that point all three people were like whoa (laughs) where'd that come from and she was like I'm telling you so you know Mayor Emily and I are going to talk a little bit about that a little bit later, but shout out to Councilwoman Shelly for having me get here. Again, hospitality has been amazing here in Hagerstown. Um, So when you won, it's a COVID year. You won in COVID. Like, (laughs) I mean, what trials and tribulations, that's trials and tribulations that itself, because you can't knock on doors. You can't tell people who you are. You can't, there's no debates. There's nothing like that. Just nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, what was the first thing, like, when you got, like, sworn in, like, what was, like, some of the three things that you wanted to start right away that you knew, that what you ran on, that you wanted to make sure that you cement your legacy? The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly sponsored by Maggie's Farm. Located at 4341 Hartford Road, Maggie's Farm offers a unique dining experience with delicious handcrafted cocktails and mouth-awarding cuisine. From falafel to scallops and everyone's favorite honey sriracha cauliflower wings. Open for dinner from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday. And serving brunch Saturday 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. And Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. With delectable chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, biscuits and gravy and more. Check out Maggie's Farm on Instagram and Facebook for daily and weekly food specials as well. So one of the biggest things I ran on as far as community-related things was that we wanted to take 
the council, the mayor and council to the community. Because some people just aren't comfortable coming to City Hall. Our meetings are open. Anyone can come to any meeting. But we really wanted to go out in the community and have community input meetings. And unfortunately, obviously, in <laughs> November, December, January, February, that just couldn't happen. Uh, so what we did instead was we did a community survey that we mailed out to residents and then we opened it up online to get community feedback. We figured since we can't come to you, we're going to um, give you an outlet to talk to us directly and see you know, what you think our strengths and weaknesses are, what you would like to see for Hagerstown. So we improvised. Um, now, of course, hopefully numbers start coming back down, people get vaccinated, and, and this crisis hopefully is behind us some point. I don't know what normal will look like in the future but when it does get somewhat normal we want to definitely go out into the community um, another thing that's very important to me is that we're reachable um, I'm just a normal person you know I'm just a normal person I live in the south end I have the same problems as everyone else I live here in Hagerstown I see the issues I see the strengths and I never want to feel like people can't get in touch with me. So I've been very active on social media, trying to update people what we're doing, what's going on in the city, where they can come to participate in events. And really just, I think Hagerstown hasn't done that good enough in the past. And plus it's a new day. I mean, social media and, and being reachable is, there's so many different ways to connect with people now. So I really just wanted to draw community, not just input, but participation. Um, come out and enjoy Hagerstown again and, and, and get involved and be part of the solution because we all know we have issues, so let's come together as a community and really solve those issues together. Uh, so that was important to me. And then just really revitalizing Hagerstown and, and selling ourselves and, and getting people here. We do have a lot of businesses coming into town. We have a lot of our big buildings that are being renovated and, and progress that we really didn't see for some time in the past. I feel like truly it's Hagerstown's day, and I'm not just saying that because I'm the mayor. I live here, and I see like the really good things happening. We're getting a multi-use baseball stadium. We're looking at doing an indoor turf facility. We're breaking ground for a skateboard park. We haven't had a skateboard park ever here in Hagerstown, so we're really looking at investing in our youth and investing in our community and, and being the true definition of a revitalization. So you're almost a year in. You're one year in right now. I'm talking close to the mic again, sorry. But uh, we're one year in. And what things can you tell your constituents, the listeners out there? There's a, that's, that's, that's the fire truck outside, folks. But uh, um, what can you tell your listeners and viewers and constituents? What have you accomplished in the first 10 months? What things can you say I'm proud of that I worked on? So there's definitely a lot of things I'm, I'm proud of. I'm proud of we did a big community cleanup day, which may sound like something very simple, but there were hundreds of people who came out and helped us all bring back some beauty in our community. We had seven locations. We gave out uh, gloves and trash bags and sharps containers. And it was just a real positive community event that we're going to keep going. And um, that was kind of the epitome of community pride like let's all be part of the solution and that was part of it uh, we did just get back in rfq a request for proposals for a indoor turf 
facility, which is something that we have talked about for so long here in Hagerstown. We don't have an indoor facility, and we lose out on all of that tourism of people traveling for tournaments, but also our families have to travel outside of Hagerstown almost every weekend to play sports, and that's not cool either. Uh, the skateboard park, the funding is officially secured, so we will have an incredible $800,000 skateboard park that'll be mm. open on a ribbon cutting in May. Um, just a lot of improvements like that. And we also right now have a request for a branding um, like campaign. So I'm big on marketing. I'm big on selling who is Hagerstown and why do you that lives in Baltimore want to come to Hagerstown? Because I already heard it from you. A lot of people are like, Hagerstown, what's going on in Hagerstown? That shouldn't be the case. Everyone should know what's going on in Hagerstown. So we're going to fix that and we're going to do it in a big way, which I think is going to be very impactful on our community. It's the 21st century, man. We got to use social media. We got to market. We got to brand ourselves and we got to sell ourselves or else why come here? Good point. Maybe we can come back out here and do a couple more shows. I don't know. Absolutely. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So first year's done, and I know we talked about opioids and awareness and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. That's very important to you. A little Baltimore. Where does that come from? Because it, when I was told that, I was kind of like, help me understand this like I, I, like <laughs> like i mean because of baltimore it's a crime problem that has a drop i mean every city in america right now crime is up point blank every that's city. that's facts yes so why where, why would people name this little i mean every city has should have its own identity mm-hmm. why would they people call it little baltimore i'm just curious yeah any anytime we have like a violent crime issue episode we get called little baltimore for sure um we have some youth gang issues here in Hagerstown. It's no secret. Um, we've had some mur- murders. Unfortunately, it kind of spiked in 2017. Thankfully, our violent crime rate is actually down. Um, but when I say we had murders, I think in the in the in 2017 it was nine or ten. Nine or ten, okay. which is nine or ten too many. Right, right, right. Way, right, way, way, right. way, way, way too many. many. Um, but when you compare it to Baltimore, it, it's it's not. And to be honest, none of it was random crime. It's not somebody just walking down the street and and getting murdered. And any murder is not okay. And I want to be very clear in that. But it's not random crime. And there's a lot of like misperceptions that our downtown is is unsafe or over here is unsafe and. You know, we have a homeless issue, so I think people see people that don't look like them, and they automatically assume they're dangerous, and it's, it's just not the case. Um, but, yeah, any time something happens here that is, is a violent crime, we're immediately um, penned as Little Baltimore. And um, I like Baltimore. <laughs> we talked about that earlier. We did, there, we did. I mean, did. I understand Baltimore has a high crime rate in areas, too, but I, from what I understand, none of that is just random either. It's not random crime. No. Um, it's it's targeted and it's there's a purpose behind it. So, um, you know, we're working diligently to solve those issues. I think to solve the youth gang violence issues, you got to invest in our youth, and I think we're doing that now. Um, so, yeah, little Baltimore, little Baltimore. <laughs> right, we're we're gonna get off that topic. We're gonna switch it up to something a little bit different, a little fr- refreshing. So, when I spoke to you a couple months ago, when we were trying to get this all set up. You were like, Aaron, did you know that we have the International Film Festival here from Maryland? I'm like, get out of town. I'm like, what? <laughs> International Film Festival. So then 
you know, I was somebody was supposed to invite me up here for that, but we're not going to name any names. But um, in my defense, I, I fractured my back two days before uh, hey, that, so give me a pass. I'm give not. Me a pass. I don't name any names on the show. I don't do it like that. But I was like, I wanted to come up because I was like, I want to see this. And lo and behold, I see somebody on social media on the red carpet. I'm like, okay, I see how it is. They don't want the bald people coming here. But tell us a little bit about the Maryland International Film Festival because I definitely want to come back here for next year to check that out. That sounds like it's a dope thing. I like. I mean, it's an international. It's a film festival. But tell us a little yeah. bit about it. how did it. In, how long has it been here? Has it been what's I mean? How many people show up? How big is it for the economy? Yeah, I think this is its 13th year, and it's huge for our economy. We have people come from all over the world. This year, of course, it was just a national film festival. The, the title didn't change, but people obviously can't come from other countries, unfortunately. Um, but there are a lot of films that are put in every year. Um, it's hosted a lot at our Maryland Theater here, which is beautiful. Just had a $13 million expansion on it. And then all throughout that weekend, there are different places you can go to watch the movies. The artists are here. The actors are here. Uh, we have a red carpet event, an award ceremony. It is it is incredible. And of course, during that weekend, all of our restaurants are filled, all of our hotels are filled, and it gets people who d wouldn't normally come to Hagerstown into downtown Hagerstown. So it is very, very important for us. You know, I got my gear. I have my gear fresh ready to go up here for this. And all right, well, sorry, next year. Sorry, I get, I, I, I get how it is. I get it. I get it. So what other things, I mean, tell the listeners a little bit about if I wanted to raise my kids here. Tell us a little bit about that. Like, is this a place to raise your kids? And I mean, you raised Layla yes. here, and like, tell us a little bit about like sell Hagerstown, right? Tell people a little bit about it, so yeah. you know we can come out here and visit. Yeah, well, we have a good school system, and especially if your student is artsy, we have the Barbara Ingram School for the Arts here, which is an arts high school. It is absolutely second to none. I mean, you go watch their shows and it's like you're on Broadway. They are just phenomenal. Uh, we're an arts and entertainment district, so the city of Hagerstown is really invested in arts and entertainment. We have a cultural trail um, that you can walk from our downtown. It's currently being expanded even more, but right now you can walk from the heart of our downtown to our beautiful city park. And if you've never been to Hagerstown City Park, you're really missing out. It's actually voted one of the top five man-made most beautiful man-made parks in the country, and it is absolutely beautiful. Uh, we have a museum for fine arts here that has just classic art. They change their art shows all the time. And we're a bike city. We have walking trails, and uh, a lot of our second and third story apartments and condos are being renovated right now, so it's almost like you can come and live in downtown and feel like you're in Baltimore or Philadelphia or D.C. and have a more urban feel, or you can still move to the suburbs, the outskirts of Hagerstown corporate limits and have, you know, a white picket fence in a backyard. So it's definitely a good mix. So, good mix. so I, I noticed that I know I'm throwing a wrinkle here. How much apartments down here cost down downtown on Potomac Avenue? How much? How much do you start off? You know, right now, um, I mean, we have what, anywhere from eight hundred to two thousand. It's not bad at all. It's affordable, especially. I mean, you can come here and in some of our neighborhoods buy a four bedroom, four bathroom house for. $300,000, $350,000. We, mm. have, we have seven, 8,000 square foot 
large like mansion type homes that are older that were built here previously that mm. you can get for you know, less than 600,000. So when you, you compare it to the same quality and size home in other areas in Maryland, I mean, it's, it's unbeatable. Are you, are you getting a lot of commuters that live, that work in DC and Maryland living here or, or PA? Like where are, you, where are a lot of people working and where are the rest of my head here, but where are they working right now? So thankfully, um, a lot of them are, are starting to come here and, and stay here. We do have a lot of people that commute, though. We have people that commute to Frederick, to Rockville, to D.C., to Baltimore. Because, um, you know, Baltimore and D.C. are about an hour drive. So it's easy to live here which is with a significantly lower cost of living and then commute out for a job. And, of course, as a city, we are actively looking at bringing in higher-paying jobs so that way people don't have to commute. You can live here and work here. Nice, nice, nice. So, all right, we went. You went through the hard part now. Now, 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 now. Here we go. Here's, here we go. Yep. Rapid fire. All right. What inspires you every day? My daughter and my parents. Your favorite TV show? Uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives, and beat Bobby Flay. Okay. <laughs> I have two. <laughs> <laughs> Crab cakes or crabs? Crabs all day. Flats or drums? Flats. As spicy as possible. Blue cheese or ranch? Blue cheese. All right, we good now. I was going to make yeah. sure we good. All right, I was going to worry about you for a second. The beach or the pool? Beach. <laughs> TikTok or Instagram? Oh, that's tough. Instagram. <laughs> what is the best advice you've ever received? Councilmember McIntyre told me to teach my or treat my daughter like a cat. So are you ready for this? 13-year-old, they're moody, she's grumpy, and how was your day? Fine. How was this? Fine. You know, typical 13-year-old response, and as a mom, I want more, and I'm, you know, I overbear, and come on, give me more, give me more. So Councilmember McIntyre told me to treat her like a cat. The more you pet a cat or want a cat near you, the less they pay attention to you, but if you ignore them, then they come in one affection. Mm. So when you ignore the 13-year-old, then she comes back for affection. So best advice I'd ever been get it, and it works. Favorite place to take visitors from out of town when you come here? The Cultural Trail. Yeah. Redskins. Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, 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 folks. I know that's PC. Washington team, whatever they are. <laughs> the Washington football team. Who's your favorite player on the team? All-time, all-time favorite player. All-time favorite player, Joe Jacoby. Okay, all right. <laughs> Social media platforms, where can we find you? Where can we reach out? Where can we, you know, if we want to shout you out and just whatever, how can we yeah. find you? I'm on Facebook as Mayor Emily Keller. I'm on Instagram as Mayor Emily Keller. And I am on TikTok as Mayor Emily Keller. Folks, you heard it here first. <laughs> we out in Hagerstown. We doing it up big. And, um, again, I told you, we're going to interview all over the state. We're going to make it happen because we're going to Baltimore beyond. And I'm hoping if the mayor lets us come back to Hagerstown, we can we got some more stories up here that need to be told. It's a date. And uh, hopefully we can get on her list. It just took about five months, so hopefully we can get there. <laughs> I can get here hopefully midsummer next year. So. You're in now. You're in now. <laughs> Folks, anything else you want to say, Mayor? Can no, just thank you very much for having me, and you're doing big things down there. So keep it up. I'm just trying my best, trying yes. to give us stories that, you know, people can learn a little bit more about Hagerstown. Yeah, we need this. More of this. Folks, love, peace, happiness. We're out. Happiness.